Welcome to The Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have followed Nick Cage from hell all the way back up to heaven. That's right, folks. Uh, here on Lofty Wings, we bring you City of Angels, oh. uh, the 1998 uh, romantic blockbuster starring our boy Nick Cage mm-hmm. and Meg Ryan, uh, directed by Brad Silberling, uh, <laughs> famed yeah. director of the live-action uh, Casper film. <laughs> so he's got a he's got a shtick, right? Like dead people That's interacting true. with living people. Yep, I mean, I'm I didn't look at the rest of his filmography, but I'm just gonna say it's his motif. That's it, just Casper and just uh, City of Angels. <laughs> <laughs> if only, um, but yeah. So City of Angels is uh, actually a remake of uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite films, uh, Wings of Desire, the 1987 film directed by German filmmaker Wim Wenders. Yeah, um, that was actually one of the first. I think I would say like one of the first real examples of world cinema that I, that I've ever seen. Um, and Lewis had actually shown that to me at my house. And um, that's one one of the reasons why we chose this, this movie for this episode was that the, um, the Swiss actor Bruno Gans uh, died a couple days ago. So I don't know if we want to like dedicate this episode to him. But but we're, we're we were think we were thinking of him when we were brainstorming what we should do for our, our big uh, our big tenth episode here and um, and uh, yeah shout out to Bruno Gans yeah I was thinking of it as like a dedication a commemoration but it also <laughs> a yeah. backhanded dedication yeah exactly it's kind of a perversion right because it's like <laughs> this this uh, this really muddled garbage remake of uh, one of the masterpieces of, of German cinema yeah um, but yeah so Nick Cage in this film plays an angel named Seth who uh, Bruno Gans uh, played that character in the original film, uh, although his name was uh, Damiel, uh, mm-hmm. I imagine the Hollywood execs thought that'd be too weird for American audiences, so they did Seth instead. But you see, what's what's strange is um, this Seth's uh, best buddy Angel character ha- has like another more Angel esque name. I, I think it's I think it's his friend's name is actually Damiel. Uh, no, his friend's name is Cassiel. Cassiel, uh, that's it. and that's actually. Uh, Bruno Gans's angel friend's name yes. from Wings of Desire. So they they kept that. I guess they thought, you know what? We'll only be saying this three or four times throughout the movie. Whereas she <laughs> says Seth a thousand times. Meg Ryan even says like Seth. That's a weird name. Who names their kid Seth? <laughs> Who names their kid Seth in uh, 1998? That's um. <laughs> I, I guess it has like vaguely biblical biblical overtones. It's kind of like I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's the Egyptian god set. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what they were thinking, if they were thinking at all? They weren't. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Meg Ryan's in this movie, and she plays a surgeon named Dr. Maggie Rice. Mm -hmm. Um, She's a heart surgeon, I think. Yeah, she's she's a coronary surgeon. Um, She she's really played up as like this very like 90s cool character like she she <laughs> yeah she, she rides her bike to work and like she eats healthy and like she she's kind of worldly but she she's still like grounded and everything 
Um, she listens to Jimi Hendrix while she oh, operates yes. on people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of like those uh, uh, stereotypes about surgeon characters in this one. Um, but yeah, Nick Cage falls in love. Nick Cage as an immortal being falls in love with um, with Maggie, who is of course mortal. And the, the dramatic tension, uh, such as it exists, is whether or not he wants to give up his immortality to be with her um, for a finite lifespan. And let me tell you, folks, the, <laughs> the romance does not suggest that, that he would, but he does. Yeah, it's, it's just an awful uh, romantic plot, mm-hmm. honestly. I just, I had, I had seen this movie as a kid. Um, I had watched it with my grandparents. Yeah. On VHS. Yeah. Yeah. So I I remember like sitting on my grandparents floor watching this movie and I can't remember anything except the death scene, uh, of a certain person. (laughs) I won't spoil it. We'll talk about that later. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, I couldn't remember anything about, um, the romantic plot, uh, and, and rewatching it. I, I just didn't understand. I, now I don't understand what, people uh (laughs) in adulthood saw when they saw this movie in 1998 there's nothing to remember there's nothing to see because it's not there (laughs) these people have nothing in common they these these people don't care about each other they're no they're not even people one's an angel one's a person (laughs) it's obvious it's clear he's not a person from the beginning of this movie oh my god um so yeah, we we had found this review from Entertainment Weekly by Owen Owen Gleiberman, who says, "When Seth keeps popping up over and over, Maggie simply accepts his presence. She doesn't appear to mind that this haunted-looking guy in, in the black overcoat is essentially stalking her. This movie's folly is that the romance would have had more life had Maggie displayed a few doubts about Seth before falling meekly into his arms." City of Angels is an exercise in rapt, soapy quietude, a hymn to sappiness. You practically have have time to say a prayer in the dead spaces between lines, or to tote up the lapses in logic. That's very well put, because Nick Cage looks like a goddamn peeping Tom. Like, every, <laughs> every shot that he's in, he has this mawkish, over-sincere, heavily-eyebrowed gaze, and he's just like, yeah, well... Sometimes you just see the the quiet things in between the moments, and he's he's just he's just this like pedophile looking fucker, and and Meg Ryan, especially in the beginning when he's like looking at the child, yes, he's he's staring at this dying child, just like 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 subtly nodding at her, and and the the girls like staring back rapturously at him. It's weird. It incredibly missing casting with with Nick Cage. Yeah, I. It's just, it's the wrong role. As much as uh, Harrison Ford should not have played Henry in Regarding Henry, <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick Cage should not pl- have played Seth in City of Angels. Oh, it's yeah. just, here's a, an actor who's all about, you know, how animated he can get, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who is about, you know, goofy facial expressions, uh, who's about yelling at the top of his lungs. And mm-hmm. like, all he has to do is just quietly look. <laughs> At a person, quietly look into the distance and yeah. say something like very childlike. I mean, he it's kind of how they play off angels in this, or at least his character is very childlike. You know, uh, I guess a childlike sense of wonder, you could say. I do want to add that um, 
I, I am a Nick Cage fan. Like, I, I, I get his range to an extent. I get his strength as an actor. Um, he, he's not just, like, a quote-unquote, like, meme um, actor. He has legitimate um, skills as a performer, I think. Um, the movie Mandy that came out last year was... I, I loved it. It's incredible. Um, and that movie utilizes his strengths to a really good degree. But City of Angels kind of shows that you you have to cast people correctly and um when you don't it it can kind of sink the whole production yeah and i think meg ryan does a decent job of carrying this film yeah Uh, i think she's well cast Mm -hmm. uh i think there is pathos to some of uh the the scenes she has especially around um when her patient dies on the tape on the operating table um and and kind of yeah not knowing uh if you know her calling is to actually be a surgeon because what what can she really do if these people are fated to die uh she she brings pathos to that role although the lines are garbage and uh a lot of the themes are also garbage (laughs) Uh, she commits herself admirably. I, I mean, t- t- I'm yeah. She was a darling at this time, and Nick Cage kind of weirdly was too. He he. This this was like, like the the noontide of his of his uh, Hollywood leading man era. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he definitely started somewhere in the late '80s, and um, it's right around this time that he wins an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas. So I mean, he's definitely at his peak. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had pulled up another um, quote from a review here from The Observer by Andrew Saris, which says, City of Angels strains to achieve the enchantingly sublime, but ends up sinking to the depressingly ridiculous. That says it all. Honestly, that... <laughs> That's it, folks. Uh, end of the episode. See you Cut, next time. <laughs> print. Send it out. <laughs> I mean, God, th- th- this is going to be a real tough episode for us to do because like, we want to <laughs> emphasize the good parts, but like, the utter gulf between this and Wings of Desire, it 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 is it is vast. <laughs> the difference, yeah, it is it is an abyss, definitely. There, um, this this chasm has no end, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean the the dialogue alone, some some of the some of the writing choices, it, it it's like the utter height of nineties faux deep mediocrity just some of the some of the things meg ryan and and nick cage are asked to say with like a straight face to each other and like to the camera the the 90s were a weird time (laughs) they were indeed folks and yeah even with nick cage and uh i think his name is andre brauger uh who is cassiel Mm -hmm. uh a lot of people know him now as the uh, police captain in brooklyn 99 um he they're, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. Same guy. Uh, just looks a, a lot younger. Um, but yeah, he has certain uh, similar mannerisms. But some of the dialogue that they're given as the angels, um, which, you know, in Wings of Desire, the angels carry the film. It's not so yeah. much um, the the romance between uh, Bruno Gans and um, the the acrobat. Uh, in the film, who is the Meg Ryan character? Uh, it is about the angels and their purpose on Earth, which is to observe, uh, to to witness and testify the, the humanity, basically. 
that difference right there that you hit on re- really highlights my my major point of dislike for this film. Um, in Wings of Desire, the the membrane between the angels and the, and the humans, that difference is a metaphor to like highlight um, the the like the preciousness of life, how how fragile life is, and how fragile um, love and and taking chances um, can be. It it's not so much like this exact thing that acts within the verisimilitude of the film. Whereas here in city of angels, the, like the, all, all these rules and like this, this concept of like, Oh, an angel can do this and do that, but not this and not that it's born out of this, this very Hollywood sense of like mushy sense of like Judeo Christian uh, spirituality that that's really built up out of nothing that has like no, no grounding in any real spiritual um, organized or unorganized uh, sense of like solidarity with, with with your fellow with your fellow human, and that really good metaphor that exists in Wings of Desire, which is applicable to many real life emotions and situations, is absent in this film. Yeah, it's uh, it's written by people like who've never actually gotten out of their cars in Los Angeles, basically. <laughs> You know, it's like yes. with Vim Vendors and, and, and the the individuals involved in making of Wings of Desire, like you, you got the sense that these are people who have lived or have spent a lot of time in Berlin, on the streets of Berlin. Yes. You know, in Absolutely. this post-war uh, environment, in this, in this city, really being created and formed by these sensibilities. And near death, near, near that, near that sense that life can be taken away at any time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, in Wings of Desire, you you see these these death scenes outside of a hospital. With 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 Wings with City of Angels, everything basically happens within the hospital setting. You understand, yeah, you're going to see death here. It's it's natural. But in in um, in Wings of Desire, you know, you see death on the streets of Berlin. One of my favorite scenes is the there's a motorcycle accident and the Bruno Gans angel goes over uh, to give comfort to this this dying motorcyclist. Um, and it's just you don't see a scene like that at all in City of Angels. Uh, it's it's very L.A. is very sterile. You know, you don't really get the the sense that it is a lived in city. Um, they, they try in moments and we can talk a little bit about what we liked about the, the shots of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for the most part, it, it really, um, it doesn't seem that LA is, is any of any import to the story, the way Berlin was to Wings of Desire. I mean, I, I would be willing to put down money that the only reason this, this movie was filmed in LA is so they could get that title like pun going you know yeah like it's oh yeah it's it's it's, For it's sure. literally shot in la because they wanted to name it city of angels and yeah i mean no no disrespect to to the friends and former classmates who live in la that we have who may or may not be listening to this podcast <laughs> but this i'm not going to say this was intentional because i know it wasn't but like fittingly this movie is kind of voyeuristic um the, the angels are are very voyeuristic in, in their in the way that they connect with humanity um unlike in, in Wings of Desire. I guess in like a backwards way that kind of ties into the setting, but um, totally not intentional. 
<laughs> yeah, what I actually I, I noticed about the angels in in City of Angels, um, especially in the library scenes, like anytime Meg Ryan and Nick Cage were having like a moment together, the angels would like stop what they're doing yeah. and only focus on them. Mm-hmm. And like I thought that like made so much sense for this movie. Yes. For this very Hollywood movie. Yes. Where like we, the audience, are supposed to be hyper-focusing on these people, and then even these other celestial beings who are supposed to be, you know, tasked with witnessing humanity. Even they, like, all think this this cent- is central to the to them to them, and it's like it's just such. It, it's it's very Hollywood. I mean, like like I said, in in a backwards kind of logic, it it fits this film more so than it would the original source material. Um, but it's completely unintentional yeah um generous read as always <laughs> with uh with some of our our more dog shit films generous read is the alternate uh title for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh and in keeping with that i guess um some of the things we liked about this movie uh like like i had touched upon earlier meg ryan is kind of cool uh and just in a distinctly like 90s sitcom kind of way she has like these fingerless gloves and she suits up and she jumps on her racing bike and she pedals on over to her job at the, uh, at the hospital. Yeah. And she even like enters through the back way and goes through like the kitchen and it's like, Oh, she's so cool. She doesn't <laughs> yeah, even use the usual staff entrance. She uses the kitchen entrance. The... She marches to the beat of her own drum. <laughs> yeah. I like her socks as well. She wears like these, these really high socks that she scrunches down. Okay. You know, that was I, just interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch those. Um, I'm I'm not a sock fetishist. I'm like my my co-host here. Um, but someone from someone, now on, folks, I will I will promise to talk about the socks of every character. <laughs> socks of every character. Um, but someone someone whose aesthetic I really did dig was Nick Cage's um, and all the other angels. They they all the angels wear like dark clothing. They have dark slacks, dark shirt, black overcoats, and like these scarves thrown over their shoulders or like oh like hanging apathetically from their shoulders and they're wearing boots and everything it's kind of it's kind of like a 90s like school shooter look um but but it trench coat mafia exactly it it kind of works in like in in the very urban 90s um tone of of this entire movie i can kind of buy into that like Sure that they, all the angels have to have like a, a uniform look. That's kind of their deal. Yeah, it's true. I mean, um, a few years later, you get you know the Matrix look, of course, which is one year later. A, next year, is it one year later? Yeah. yeah so 99. it's 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 a more slick look, obviously, because it's the leather trench coat as mm-hmm. opposed to these more cloth cashmere type uh, trench coats. Um, but we should also say that like it's it's not unique to this film. It is exactly what they wear at Wings of Desire. Yes, I mean. <laughs> it's it's kind of it, one of the reasons this episode is going to be so hard is like all of the good stuff if it's not directly ripped off from wings of desire it has like very strong uh tethering with that film yeah definitely i think um what we both appreciated about this film is is basically the american variations on yeah. the themes within wings of desire both well, actually, just really like aesthetic themes, not like <laughs> not the actual themes of the film. The the, the aesthetic overtones and in, in like the the late capitalist, which even even in the nineties, late capitalism was was the the zeitgeist of the era. Um, 
the late capitalist interpretation of that Berlin um, aesthetic. Of the late communism aesthetic. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and speaking of the angels, there were cool, there were um, quite a few cool shots of when the angels would gather en masse and either watch the sunrise or the sunset on the beach. That that, that was kind of a striking image. All these um, all these people in the, in those black overcoats standing on on a on a cold windswept beach staring at the sunrise um with like this kind of hum which which was meant to show them hearing god um that that was pretty neat and and whenever they would show the angels just sitting like randomly on a skyscraper talking to each other it was cool that they actually brought those actors up to the top of the skyscraper and shot them having literally three lines of dialogue yeah i um i did like the beach scenes a lot it was maybe the most striking image of yeah of the film definitely. images definitely. Uh, it, it really yeah made it its own whereas um even the stuff on the skyscraper again not to belabor the point but you know we see these things in wings of desire but uh there are some uh, other like american variations um that are that are unique in their own right that i i enjoyed um in the film specifically uh in reference to the angels and 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 what they do and and where they are like the um the angels are at uh, a baseball stadium they're at the dodgers though i don't know why they wouldn't be at the angels i don't know yeah do you know anything about this no angels i was gonna a team right yeah, I mean, like, there's angels in the outfield, and that takes place in California. I think that's the, that's <laughs> this is not this is not a sports podcast, folks. We we have no knowledge of of um, of sports ball, but oh. um, <laughs> but uh, they also sit at the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. They do that. Pretty obvious. They um they it makes sense. They sit on the wings of like a seven forty seven. When oh it, yeah, like like when it's in a hangar for like maintenance yeah. or something. I, it I thought, looked like maintenance. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like. If, if if like we if you and I were were incorporeal immortal beings and we just had to meet up just to hang out like why not why not go to this this crazy place and just chill and talk like that 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 was neat like showing some sh- like showing an area of L A or or wherever that like you people don't normally go to yeah that was um that was cool and um I like when they sat on the freeway sign it was like yeah L A freeways yeah i mean the cgi was like oh that was the worst (laughs) (laughs) the cgi was painful in 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 that scene and then there was one where they're i think they're sitting like the that there's like a cowboy sign yes oh my god on his hat this is amazing i i i loved i unironically loved they're sitting on the marlboro man billboard yes in los angeles but it's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to be like the iconic shot in Wings of Desire when they're on the Berlin Victory Column Angel. Yes. Uh, but instead, it's the Marlboro Man, uh-huh. and I thought that was that was fucking perfect. Like that—that's America. There you go. Yeah. A billboards, a cigarette billboard. <laughs> if they if they did more of that, this film could have been a film that we would not be reviewing because it would have actually been good. <laughs> yes. But fortunately, this movie sucks. Um, yeah, so, so the plot of this movie, you you can tell it in, you can, you can tell it very briefly. Nick Cage is an angel who, who ushers people who are dying into the afterlife 
He observes Meg Ryan, who works at a hospital, falls in love with her, um, becomes mortal to be with her, and then she dies. Spoiler alert, she dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert, she dies. But also, the only reason he falls in love with her is because when her patient is dying on the operating table, mm-hmm. he's also in the operating room, and like he's looking straight into her eyes, oh. and he thinks that she sees him. But yes. like at no point later in the film does she say, yes, I did see you there. Yes. He even mentions it later, and she's like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, th- this incorporeal, invisible, immortal, ageless, like, being beyond time and space happens to stand at the correct <laughs> angle for a hot woman to, like, view into where his eyes would be if if his if his projection had eyes. And that is what convinces him to give up his his immortality. Yeah, that's it, folks. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He knows nothing about her at this point, except that she's not a good surgeon because she killed somebody. (laughs) He never really does. The the romance is incredibly forced. It's it's incredibly trite. Um, Meg Ryan leaves her her fiance, her her boyfriend, to to be with Nicolas Cage, but like sincere, mopey, mawkish puppy eyed weird eyebrows like Nicolas Cage and it's it's not believable at all no it's not she even has uh this line of dialogue where she's like uh I'm gonna marry Jordan which is the other doctor she's been dating because he knows my lifestyle and it's like not only does he know your lifestyle he actually knows who you are (laughs) like you've spent time together that because that that's crazy because like there's like 10 minutes of screen time between the two of them her, yeah. the, the, the ex-fiance and Meg Ryan and like their interaction was more natural and more believable than what she had with Nick Cage which is the supposed spokes of, the, of this film which I don't know it yeah it's it's interesting it's it's the romantic comedy trope of like the inappropriate suitor mm-hmm. um but like I, I never felt that he was inappropriate for Meg Ryan. I was like, no, yeah, he's a doctor. She's a doctor. There's a cool scene when he's yeah. playing basketball and smoking on the top of the county hospital. I'm like, oh, he's cool. He, he takes care of her dog. He pulls a tick off yeah. of her dog. <laughs> That's right. He pulls a tick off of her dog. He, he, he cares about this person. And like that, that that's what a, like, a relationship is. It's like this give and take. It's it's not like this this weird, creepy, stalkerish, like, yeah, I, I've yeah, I've seen you and in your most vulnerable moments like no that's that's weird 90s bullshit keep it keep it then we don't want it now yeah but there's a great line that meg ryan has uh when her and nick cage are in the park and she's kind of grilling him about his life Mm. she's like are you married he's like no she's like are you homeless he's like no and she's like are you a drummer (laughs) i guess we could call Nicolas Cage, the fail son of heaven for this movie. Because <laughs> every, every fucking movie has to have one for this show. Yeah, that's true. He he falls from grace. So, yeah. I mean, he, he failed God there. He failed God, and he, he I don't know, he, he when, even when he becomes incarnate, when he becomes human, he, like, bums rides, and he falls asleep when he bums a ride from the trucker. Yeah, he doesn't even have a good conversation with the trucker. Although he gets to cuddle with the dog, he cuddles with the uh, dog. Yeah, okay. there are two cool dogs in this in this film, folks. Yeah, those. Uh, that's like a basset hound, the trucker's dog, mm-hmm. and then the other dog's like a lab or something. Neither of the dogs die, thankfully, uh, but Meg Ryan does die. Um, and I guess, I guess that's the major break uh, between Wings and this movie 
is that the the love interest of the angel dies within the narrative and right. um it's executed horribly we can get, we can get into that <laughs> in a second it, it, it's dog shit but um the idea of an immortal soul giving up its immortality for another soul that it loves um only for that beloved soul to die that's a powerful idea that's a powerful um narrative technique that would be good if it was executed competently <laughs> uh and and that that's the one major change that i did appreciate um this idea of like an immortal being who gave up everything for for love and now has to find further reason to live that's 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 a that that like the, the, that's the germ of a good powerful story um only we don't care about either of the characters here <laughs> Yeah, it's um, and it's interesting too because um, so Nick Cage learns uh, how to fall from grace from uh, another character in the film who we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, his, the actor Dennis Franz, who I think was in like NYPD Blue. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. At this time, mm-hmm. I, that's where really he was well known. What he's well known for, um, but he plays uh, an ex angel named Nathaniel Messenger who is also having some kind of heart surgery um, in in the county hospital. Meg Ryan is his doctor. Um, so in Wings of Desire, there's the uh, incredible cameo of uh, Peter Falk, uh, Columbo from television, yep. uh, who plays this character. Uh, the ex-angel falls from grace, explains to the main character how to fall from grace. Um it's interesting because Dennis Franz, Nathaniel Messenger, when he's explaining why he fell from grace, he doesn't actually, uh, I thought he was going to say like, oh, because of my wife, because he has a wife and kids who we meet throughout the film. Yeah. But I think he just says like he want he wanted to live in the world. He wanted to experience the world. He he self-identifies as a hedonist. Like, like that's, that's like, right. He does. He's like, that's right. And, and he, he makes this weird kind of lewd comment about meg ryan's like chest bust size he's like oh i guess if you're into flat chicks she's okay like it's it it doesn't sound very angelic no it doesn't but um it's kind of it's a projection of like the life that nick cage could lead Mm -hmm. basically post you know meg ryan um but Dennis Franz's character lived it in reverse because he falls from grace for hedonistic purposes and he finds love. Right. Um, so Nick Cage can live the opposite. But at the same time, Nick Cage's character doesn't seem much of a hedonist. Like once Meg Ryan dies, there's this amazing shot of him just going to the same grocery store they went to. And he's just like standing there, like slack jaw, just like standing. It's. I thought he was going to like pull a gun out and just start shooting people. Like, well, it was, it was given so his wardrobe, strange. you know, I mean, <laughs> maybe this film is like the origin story of Nick Cage as we know him today. And the real Nick Cage is just a fallen angel who's being a goddamn crazy hedonist. Ooh, I like that. That's, that is um, plausible. That is plausible and better than whatever uh, they were thinking when they made this film. <laughs> but I guess I also, I just wish, uh, speaking of uh, hedonism, I wish Nick Cage was able to uh, portray his human Seth character as a more like flamboyant 
character, you know, what he's good at doing. Yeah. Uh, we don't really get to see that. We, we see like a, a spark of it. Once he finally falls from grace, he jumps off of like a skyscraper that's being built. Oh my um, God. The scene. <laughs> yeah. What do you, that's that whole scene is like intercut with um, footage from some kind of like s- some black and white film. And um, yeah, what, was that? I think it's archival footage or it's something that they shot um, to kind of harken back to Wings of Desire. Yeah, because like Meg Ryan is in a few of those shots. Yeah, she's in a few of those shots. It's children jumping from like a barn yeah. from a loft, a hayloft yeah. in a barn. Yeah. And then it's like this really weird shot of like a train entering a station, which like made no sense because we'd never seen a train any other time in this movie. That's bonkers. I remember that. I remember like a scene of like a pregnant woman's belly for some reason. Yeah, there was a pregnant woman's belly. Yeah, and a lot of these are black and white shots that last for only a few seconds. Um, there's the soundtrack changes, and it's like, um, I think it's the Lord's Prayer being said, being recited in, in Polish is, is what I, I looked up. Yeah, that's, oh my God, that's <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. It's so out of place. It is really trying to be an homage to, to Wings of Desire. Um, I think some of the shots are good. I like the, the, the bird's eye view of Nick Cage falling in slow motion with his coat billowing behind him. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was, uh, another one of the more striking images of, of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he falls, he gets maybe two seconds of being goofy. Um, like when he's, uh, having that banter with the construction workers, oh my God. <laughs> uh, which did you notice a cameo in that scene? The construction worker scene? Yeah. Uh, no. Nick Offerman is one of the construction oh workers. Oh, my God. This is... He's the one who says, like, is it red when yes. uh, he asks about the color of blood? <laughs> That's great. Sans mustache. He has. He doesn't have a mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he has a cameo there. So, yeah, Nick Cage gets to, like, say some weird stuff about blood there. And then later he's singing and dancing to old black magic while he's like skipping down a deserted street. And that part really reminded me of like his, like, like the very mimetic um, performance in vampires kiss. Like (laughs) whoever's listening to this film um, or whoever's listening to this podcast um, immediately after you're done, uh, go look up Nick Cage and vampires kiss it's it's a very early performance by him and it's incredible and um he touches on he he draws inspiration from that for this scene yeah i think you're right uh unfortunately that film is definitely too uh too much of a cult hit uh yeah yeah or cult sleeper hit for us to do i think no meme films for this podcast no yeah sorry guys like we won't do like the wicker man i don't think yeah none of that no um no the room no no vampire's kiss none of that shit no uh, maybe in an alternate universe, Nick and Lewis are making that podcast. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they are. So yeah, I guess um, the only thing the only thing that we haven't really touched upon is the other major cameo, which also ties into <laughs> which also ties into our one worker of note on this uh on Hell this yeah. production. There's a scene in a bar uh, where Nick Cage is uh, smoking cigarettes because uh, earlier Dennis Franz is smoking cigarettes and he says like don't take don't uh, don't smoke these kid it'll kill these you. These things will kill you. <laughs> good dialogue there. Good good job. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Very original dialogue. I've never heard that before in cinema. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, so once Meg Ryan figures out Nick Cage is an angel, she doesn't want to see him anymore. He gets mopey and sad, goes to this bar. He's smoking a cigarette and he's smoking a cigarette next to a, another man. Uh, and, and they're, they're so smoking the cigarette in sync. You know, they take the drag at the same time, put it down at the same time. And I thought nothing of it. I was like, oh, it's just some weird guy. I actually thought he was like, uh, he has like a weird bracelet on. So I was like, mm, is, is this yep. like a bar next to the hospital? Like what, what is this? Um, but I was looking up trivia for this film and the man at the bar is actually uh, film director Michael Mann, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> who uh, directed Collateral, mm-hmm. Heat, Ali. Um, and I can only think of, I was like, okay, why would they pick Michael Mann to be in this? And it's because Heat came out a few years later and uh, or a few years earlier and no. uh, it takes place in LA. No, that's bullshit. What, what they did was they, <laughs> they, they were, they wrapped for the day and they all went to a bar just to blow up some steam and they saw him there at the bar and they <laughs> said, we will pick up your bar tab. If you literally sit here, take a couple of drags in your cigarette next to Nicholas cage. Like, like that's, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Um, because if, uh, they actually thought of Michael Mann and any esteem, that would make me think they're cool. And the people who made this film are definitely not cool. I mean, Nick Cage is, he's cool now, but he doesn't. Yeah. Besides the actors, he, he doesn't like, know, you know it. behind the camera people, <laughs> not cool. Oh, for sure. Uh, in front of the camera, people got some good ones. Sure, sure. Definitely. Yeah. And Meg Ryan's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll give her that. Um, so, Lewis, who who would you recommend City of Angels to? <laughs> um, well, there were a ton of weird angel movies in the 90s. Yeah. So, like, if you just want to be a completionist, you could watch City of Angels, uh, Michael, the, which starred John Travolta, the preacher's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, Angels in the Outfield. Mm-hmm. And then dogma which i feel like dogma is probably just making fun of the angel genre honestly yeah yeah that um that, that's a good point like there and, and that kind of ties into my, my major dislike of this film um how it how it ties into like this this weird commercialization and in, in hollywood hollywood tint of um of kind of like generalized mushy spirituality that that sold to mm. that sold to people through these crappy movies so yeah, I, I guess I guess uh, fittingly enough, tying into our our Ghostwriter episode when I recommended people who are interested in the depiction, the the Hollywood depiction of demons and and devils, people who are interested in the Hollywood interpretation of sublime ultimate existence, kind of in a weird backwards way how how not to do it, but like interested in the <laughs> but interested in the ways in which like Hollywood failed to meet that perspective. Um, Th- th- this could be a really illustrative example. Yeah, those uh, those damn liberal atheists in Hollywood <laughs> yeah. don't know how to do it. Um, I will add one uh, more recommendation before I ask you mm-hmm. what your recommendation would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides that, uh, I guess if you just want to keep that as your recommendation, that's, that's, that's fine. All right. All right. But I also, if people uh, people who are fans of the Goo Goo Dolls and of um, okay i can i can co-sign that yeah and um because, sarah mclaughlin and what's her name sarah mclaughlin yes. oh my <laughs> yeah. oh my god okay yes. we, we, we have, have to, to talk about that we have to backtrack yeah we have to backtrack for okay so one. something it's worth mentioning something i hated but then loved <laughs> in a 100 percent ironic manner 
was the soundtrack. Yes, same. Same. Um, the song In the Arms of an Angel by Sarah McLaughlin plays oh, over like yeah. the, 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 like the, the, the scene of intense emotional deliberation of like Nick Cage deciding whether or not he wanted to become human. Um, it was so overwrought. It was so on the nose, like the, the lyrical in the lyrical choice of the song for what was happening on screen ending <laughs> literally with Meg Ryan in the arms of an angel as he lies down in bed next to her. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a stormy night. Yes, <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. Yeah. It was a dark and stormy. <laughs> it tra- it transcends like eye rolling, and, and it goes straight into camp. And on that on that like metric alone, I, I liked it. Yeah, same. And even you know, it has a dog, just like the the commercials <laughs> for shelter dogs. Yes, uh, <laughs> the dog, her dog, whose name escapes me, but Meg Ryan's dog, who loves yes. Nick Cage because he's an angel. Yeah. Dogs and children love uh, angels. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, he he's like whimpering because he knows Nick Cage is is nearby. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um, and then there's the, so the, and then the Goo Goo Doll song Iris. Um, yes, which is yes, is, yes. is is literally the plot of the movie yes. like the lyrics are the plot of the movie <laughs> yeah it, it, it's that kind of like like naive devotion to to taking things so literally you, you can like i said it, it's it works on a level of kitsch that um is completely unintentional but we're, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here we're we're, we're casting about for whatever scraps we can find yeah, you got to give us something, folks. Um, the only other song I remember is the... I don't know if you watched into the credits this far, but a little bit into the credits after the score stops and an Alanis Morissette song I did not starts watch up. the credits. Okay. And so she... That's an original song for the movie as well. Mm-hmm. I think the Goo Goo Dolls song and Alanis Morissette song are both original really? uh, for oh. the movie. Yeah. And she... So an Alanis Morissette song was, an, uh, was actually nominated for, I believe, a Grammy hmm. or a Golden Globe. I don't know. Some award, sure. but uh, it didn't win. But it's it's a decent song as well. Um, it also has something to do with angels. So th- this movie takes place in the same in the in the Viewsk universe because Alanis Morissette <laughs> is God in, in the Viewsk yes. universe. I you know, and that might be why he did it. Who knows, right? Mm. I don't know. We could probably find that yeah. out. I don't want to actually look it Neither up. Neither do I. So let's just go with that. <laughs> that's that's the podcast uh, podcast credo right there. Yeah. Uh, when in doubt, don't look it up. Uh, assume that you're right eventually we'll have some reply guys on twitter who will uh who will add us about our mistakes but at this point no one does that that's ambitious but we got there (laughs) all right uh all right everybody i think uh that is it for city of angels Mm -hmm. uh hope you enjoyed as much as we did um or maybe maybe more i hope hope you enjoyed this episode uh significantly more than we enjoyed this movie (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. See you next time.